Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. John chapter 13. Earlier we had mentioned about the DVD God of Wonders, and I'll just hold this up so you can see it. If you don't have one of these, please don't leave here until you get one. The reason why this is pretty cool is it shows how everything couldn't have just happened. There has to be a designer, and God is the designer. And so if you don't have one, get one. Now, why is that? Well, we're coming up on Christmas, and of course, oftentimes, one of the most difficult things you're going to do is try to minister to your family. (laughs) That's always a difficult one, isn't it? Jesus recognized it as well. He said uh, uh, that a prophet's not welcome in his own country or in his own town. Why? Well, we saw you grow up. Don't tell your mom, your dad how to do it. Well, Sometimes you can just give them one of these and say, Mom, Dad, Dad, Mom, come in Rangoon. Hey, watch this and tell me what's wrong with it. And, you know, they're going to watch it objectively. It's done a lot like National Geographic would do something, a lot of really neat pictures and stuff like that. But they're free. I want to give you one. If you need more than one, tell me because you go, I want to send one to Uncle Fred and, and whoever. I'll give you those because, again, I think they're such an important part of ministry and how God uses every one of us. You know, uh, all the way through the Bible, we've talked about this many times before, the difference one person makes, whether it be Moses or Elijah or John the Baptist, we're, every one of us are like that as well. You are unique. No one's ever been like you here ever before. No one's ever going to be like you after you leave. And so because we're unique... God prepares us in our lives for that which he's going to do. If you remember in the book of Esther in the Old Testament, this Jewish girl that was married to, an, uh, to a foreign king, we remember that they were going to hang the Jews and hang uh, um, uh, those, those that love God. And we remember that she said, for such a time as this. You know, I believe in every one of our lives, there is such a time as this. There is the Davids that meet Goliaths. There is the Moseses that stand before Pharaoh. And there are you and me that stand before the individual challenges of every day. And so before we go into God's word, let's pray. Father, this morning, as we read your word, we pray that this is not just ink on paper, but God, that it would come alive in our hearts, that you would remind us of our value to you and to this world. And God, that we would fulfill the purposes that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 13. We continue going through the entirety of the Bible. The Bible tells us in Isaiah, the way we study the Bible is line upon line, precept upon precept. You say, well, what's a precept? Well, it's kind of the conclusion or the idea behind what we're reading. Now, people have said to me, well, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. Well, that's true if you don't read it line upon line. If you just go hopscotching through the Bible, pulling a fragment of a verse here and a, pulling a fragment of a verse there, 
Uh, you can make the Bible say anything you want. In fact, people have said, well, you know, the Bible says I can rob banks and pillage towns and steal cars. Well, you know, where does it say that? Well, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Well, I don't think that's what the Apostle Paul meant when he wrote that. And if you read the verses before and after, you're going to see that it, uh, it, it, it pertains to the things of God. We can do all things for God who strengthens us. Not that we would do our own will. Well, we're looking here now, beginning at chapter 13, of the summary of Jesus' ministry. Now Jesus enters the last week of of his life here on this earth before he was crucified. And so we find here in verse 13 some interesting things about this. Now before the feast of Passover... When Jesus knew that his hour had come and that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus knew that his time was short. Now, friends, I think this is important because oftentimes you'll hear kind of great crazy ideas saying, well, you know, those those Romans captured Jesus there in the garden. If Jesus would have only ran, he could have got away. Oh, that... That, you know, Judas Iscariot telling eh, the Pharisees where he was at later on that night in the Garden of Gethsemane. If he would have just ran, he could have escaped. Jesus deliberately went where he knew he would be caught because of this reason, friends, because he knew his hour had come. Now, again, we look at all these different things. You know, you look at your own life, my life, and I think of all the things that we go through that makes us what we are. You ever thought of that? You know, the experience that you have. That's why you're unique. That's why no one has ever been like you before. There's ingredients that have gone into your life. Now, the big problem is there's a lot of things in my life I've assimilated that aren't good. And so I need God in my life to filter through those things that will come into my life and those things that happen in my life so that they will not paralyze me from going on with my life. You know, many times we think, well, you know, if I could just erase my past, I could be free of these things that have held me back. That's true. And, you know, they they have these different self-help courses, and they have these um, motivational uh, speakers and teachers and seminars. Somehow, you know, get out there and be good, and you're going to make it. You know, just, you know, just smile a lot. Well, you know, you can do all those things. But the problem is, unless God comes and fixes our hearts, we remain the same. So it isn't just getting right with God when we accept Christ as our Savior, but once we've given him permission to come into our life, now God fixes us inside. I need the great repairman. I've shared this many times before. It's not hard, and this is why, dads, it's so important that you represent Christ to your family. Because this is how many times your children will relate to God later on in their life. I think this is why there is such an attack on men in America. You say, what? Any sitcom you will watch, whether it be Bart Simpson or any of the others, you will find an attack on the dad. In other words, a 13-year-old kid in the room is smarter and more wise than the dad sitting in the room. And everybody always laughs at the dad. Why do you think that is? It's because they want to diminish 
who fathers are. Why is that? Because through fathers, it helps us relate to who God is. I had a dad, great man, went to be with the Lord several years ago, but he could fix anything. And I remember I parked my tricycle, I've shared this before, behind our 57 Ford station wagon. My mom didn't see it, backed over it, bent it into a pile of melted metal, it was just mangled. And I was terrified. And I remember, first of all, my mom says, you wait till your dad gets home. And I'm going, I'm going to die. But anyway, I remember my dad didn't beat me up. He just grabbed onto the bicycle, put it in a vise with his big, strong arms. He bent it back into shape again. And though it wasn't as good as it was before, as far as the paint, it always performed the same way. Daddy fixed it. You have a daddy in heaven that can fix the things in your life. Many people as Christians, as Christians, not people in the world, not people down at Sam's bar, many people as Christians, your father is too small in your life. Why? Because we haven't recognized who he is in our life. You have a God that not only will forgive, but can fix things in your life. You need that. I need that. We need a relationship with God that understands us. The Bible says Jesus loved him to the end. You know, as I look at this, he knew his time was short. He had ministered to them for three years. He began his ministry when he was baptized. And we remember for those three years, Jesus ministered to them. He ate with them. He he was with them all the time, showing them who his father in heaven was. Jesus said, he said, he that has seen me has seen the father. Now, when we understand that God's purpose for us, we need role models in our life. If you're getting your role models from television or movies, you're going to be horribly disillusioned because, again, that's all staged. You know, I've had you know, people tell me, they said, oh, I just wish my husband was romantic, like, like the guys on television, you know, up on the mountains, and they're looking over the lights of the city, and, and he reaches his arm around the girl, and he reaches over and turns the radio on to some nice little tune on the radio, and everybody, oh, and, oh, how come you're never like that? You know, I mean, that's kind of the way it works. Well, you've got to remember something, friends. There's like 12 directors telling him what to do while he's doing it. Most of us guys, we don't have directors telling them. We're kind of dumb, you know. Hey, babe, what do you want to do? I mean, we're, we're kind of that way. Uh, you know, you, you look at the car, it's immaculate. Guys, the one thing good about dating when you're single is that when you had a date, you usually cleaned out your car. I don't know, you know, you drive up to a dippity dumpster and all out goes all the trash, all the stuff on the floor, the gum wrappers, the McDonald's cups, everything in the trash can. And then she gets, oh, you're so nice and tidy. Yes, I'm always this way. No, you're not. We need somebody that fixes us. Now, I want to encourage you today. Let your daddy, your father in heaven, be your role model. You know, Jesus said, I don't do anything that I don't see my father in heaven doing. I like that. You know, we lost that in the garden. God would come and walk with men in the cool of the evening. And then we remember they rebelled against God. They got kicked out of the garden and the fellowship was lost. Jesus comes and restores that communication with our father in heaven to us again, where we then, where I love what the apostle Paul says, we cry, Abba, Father. The word Abba, Father in the Greek is the word daddy. 
I like that. You ever think that the God of all of heaven that made the sun, moon, cosmos, and everything, made, the, made every atom in the universe, wants you and me to call him daddy? I like that. You think about that for a minute. Why is that? That's the relationship God wants to have with us. Because when you're close to your father, you will see his influence in your life. You will have that role model that we need as we look at him. You know, it's funny because so many people pattern their life after the trends or the fads of today. God wants us to pattern our life after him. Now, he says, the supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and he was going to God, rose from the supper, laid aside his garment, took a towel and girded himself. He wrapped the towel around himself. You say, why is that important? This Jesus is taking on the role of a slave. This, if you were rich enough in those days to have a servant, to have a slave, what you would do, they would wear certain attire. You know, like you watch the old movies and the butler comes out and he's all prim and proper. You know, everybody else is a slob. The guy comes out, man, may I help you today? You know, and, and you know, here you find that Jesus wraps the towel around him. Now, the towel, we'll find out later on, was to dry the disciples' feet. Jesus having all power. Notice going back here, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hand. Imagine that. God the Father gave Jesus all things. What if somebody came and gave you all power? What would you do with that? Sometimes you see these guys on television. These weight-lifting competitions. You ever see those? And they're all there, and they're showing off their power. And they pick up the, the weight, and, and you see the bar bending, and the guy, veins all popping out in his neck, and he, he's doing this. All power. And people applaud. And, and then he, he said, what, what do you do with all that strength? And the guy goes like this. You got, you got to really use your imagination here. They go like this. And it looks like they have mice running up and down underneath their skin. They're so full of bulkitude. I don't know if that's a word. If it isn't, it should be. But they, and, and the guy, the interviewer goes, what do you do with all that power? And the guy goes, this. That's all it is. It's only for show. It's only to impress you. Look at me. Jesus had all power given to him by the Father. Now, when I look at this, I realize that Jesus could have called the whole thing off. It wasn't that the crucifixion took Jesus by surprise. In fact, he knew his time was short. He knew, but yet willingly died for us so we could be restored to who? The Father that we would have that relationship with God that was lost in the garden. Man, you think about that for a minute. You ever get lonely? I think everybody does sometimes. But you're never alone if you're a believer. If you're in Christ, you're never alone. You've always got God there. 
Now, the thing is that happens sometimes in a Christian's life, and this is something we always have to remember. I can sometimes take the familiarity of my relationship with God for granted. This is, a, this is a, a, something that I have to be careful of. I'm, I'm just speaking of the, because it is an issue. Because I can be so, Jesus is my buddy, that I forget sometimes to respect who he is. In fact, sometimes I think about in my life how I prayed. It's kind of embarrassing now. Well, God, if you're really God, why did you let this happen? Does that relate with anybody here? The thing is, though, I don't see it the way God sees it. Friends, this is where faith comes in. It's easy to trust God when everything is going our way. But when things don't go what we think is our way, we get angry with God. And the fellowship with Father is broken. Now this is why, again, to get a good perception of who our daddy is. Daddy knows best. There was a TV program years ago. In fact, by the way, going back to television, portraying fathers as a bunch of bumbling idiots. If you go back in the early 60s, fathers knows best, my three sons. I've shared this several times before, but I I still see it. Every time I watch uh, television and you come flipping through a sitcom and you see the father being ridiculed by everybody in the room. And again, the 13-year-old kid is so wise and so smart. If you're 13 years old uh, here this morning, I just want to encourage you, listen to your dad. They've lived a lot longer than you have. I was, I was, I don't know, bunny trail. I was in the store. This kid starts throwing a fit in the store. He's screaming and yelling and throwing a tantrum. No, it wasn't my kid. It was somebody else. But they're yelling and screaming. And and the lady looks over at him. And I said, and yet he's not even been audited by the IRS yet. Uh, But wait till that happens. Then you'll really want to scream, yell, and throw yourself on the floor. But the point is, Fathers of the early 60s were respected. The TV programs even reflected that. You won't see a a program like Father Knows Best today. Because fathers are ridiculed. Because that is an idea, I think, of the underworld to diminish the role of fathers in the home today. See, God's given you all a really great position. If you're a grandfather, God has given you a really great position. Now, some of you might say, well, I don't even know who my father is. He left before I was born. Well, I got some great news for you. You got a father in heaven who loves you, who wants to be what you maybe didn't have here on this earth. Jesus, knowing that he had all things at his disposal, picks up a towel and assumes the role of a servant. There's an old song years ago that was saying, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Well, we think that servitude is a lesser role because it shows that we're not being served, that we are serving. Well, look at what he says here. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Again, this is what If you had any money, you had a servant, this is what you would do to refresh your guests. In those days, they didn't have paved roads. Everybody went pretty much with their sandals or barefoot, and their feet became oftentimes black because of all the dirt, the sweat sticking to them. And so you would wash the disciples, or you would wash your guests' feet. Jesus now begins to wash the disciples' feet, as what a hired servant would do. 
and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. Verse 6. Then he came to Simon Peter, and he said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus said, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. The reason why Peter wasn't being rebellious to God here or to Christ, what he was saying is that Jesus, I've watched you heal people. I've watched you raise people from the dead. You're not going to wash my feet. You're not going to be a servant to me. But notice what Jesus said. If I do not wash you, you have no part of me. Then Simon Peter said to him, this is so funny. He says, well, Lord, not my feet only then, but my hands and my head. Give me a whole bath. If if this is what it's got to be, then give me a whole bath. And notice Jesus says to him, He who is bathed needs only to be washed, to have his feet washed. But it is completely, but it is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. Now this, uh, we find on as he reads here, is speaking about uh, Judas Iscariot. So when he had washed their feet, he had taken his garment, sat down and said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. You say, well, for I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do this as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know, excuse me, if you know these things, happy are you who do them. I do not speak concerning all of you, I know whom I have chosen, but he, the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his hand against me. This is speaking of Judas Iscariot. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly, I say to you, who receives, whomever I send receives me and who receives me receives him uh, who sent me. Now we look at this and you look at this and realize that that um, Judas has already conspired to betray Christ. Uh, we, we see that Jesus here is laying down an example to serve one another. You want to be great in God's kingdom? Learn to be a servant. Don't say, well, that's beneath me. You do it. You know, as, as the pastor of the church here, I've scrubbed a lot of toilets here. doesn't bother me at all. You know why? Because it's part of doing what we do for God. And I know sometimes, and I know mothers, some of you mothers, I look at that and, you know, I don't think there's any greater servant than when you change a baby's diaper. That is one of those things in life that only a mom can do. But you know, you do it because you love them. I think about how many times God has washed all of our diapers in our lives. God never forgets his love for us. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store. 
or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.